Hello and welcome on to another episode here of the ISO Ball Podcast with your host, Derek Terrio, your place to learn about the NBA on and off the court. And my goodness, my goodness, the Raptors literally took down a dynasty. Well, not took down, but beat a dynasty in the finals on June 13th. They were in the headlines for about 48 hours and then... Adrian Wojnarowski drops a Woj bomb around dinner time on June 15th on the Saturday. Dropping the news that Anthony Davis has been traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, A trade that we have expected to happen for quite a while now. This is not something that was completely out of the blue. I understand that given Anthony Davis's trade demands last season. And the fiasco that went on around the trade deadline, we knew that this was somewhat imminent. But the fact that they got it done just two days after the finals and uh, five days before the NBA draft really throws a wrench into a lot of what's going to happen here in the near future in the NBA draft and free agency. So let's go through the parameters of the trade here. The Lakers get Anthony Davis. And in return, the Pelicans are getting Lonzo Ball. Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, three future first-round picks, and two pick swaps. So let's go through the parameters of the the future first and the pick swaps. So the protections and such on these picks, they're going to get the number four pick in this upcoming 2019 draft going down on June 20th. And they have a reverse top eight protected pick in 2021 that come, becomes unprotected in 2022. So what that means is that if the pick falls be- anywhere between 9 and 30, the Lakers are going to keep that pick. But if the pick falls between 1 and 8, that's actually going to go to the Pelicans. Usually, it'll be the other way around where the Lakers would want to protect themselves that if somehow Davis or LeBron were to get injured and they fall in the top eight, uh, they would receive that pick back. But that is not the case here. The pick is protected 9 through 30, uh, as reported by Tanya Ganguly. Uh, So, yes, reverse top eight protected pick. The pick is protected 9 through 30 in 2021 and becomes unprotected in 2022. Uh, There is another unprotected pick swap in 2023 an unprotected first in 2024 and an unprotected pick swap in 2025. Again, remember there is that rule that you cannot have uh, two first round. You cannot trade two first round picks in consecutive years, which IE is the reason why they have these kind of pick swaps in between each year. So once again, with these picks top four pick in 2019 going on this year, uh, 2021, 9 through 30 protected pick that becomes unprotected in 2022. They have an unprotected pick swap in 2023, unprotected first round pick in 2024, and an unprotected pick swap in 2025. This is monstrous, man. Like, this is huge. A massive, massive haul for the New Orleans Pelicans for a guy that has mentioned that he wanted out of the New Orleans Pelicans. And... Right away, let's let's start from the Lakers side here. So now that that the Lakers get Anthony Davis, here's how their cap situation looks. Uh, the the Lakers currently have six players under contract. Uh, those being LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma, who we'll talk about in a minute, Isaac Bongo, Mo Wagner, and Jamario Jones. All of those guys are under contract. And so now the way they clear cap space 
is uh, a little bit wonky. So if both sides agree to push back the trade call until July 30th, the Lakers will get $32.5 million in cap space to use in free agency. That's the most space they can clear. By waiting, the Los Angeles Lakers essentially act as an over-the-cap team and be, would be allowed to use the fourth pick as draft salary. But if the trade is finalized on July 6th, which is the end of the moratorium and when free agents can sign, that number will shrink to $27.8 million. And if And Anthony Davis also has a 15% trade kicker worth about $4 million. And if he chooses to take that, then they'd see the cap space shrink to $23.8 million if the trade is completed in the first week of July. And Davis would have the right to void that bonus as well. So it's behoove of the Lakers to push this trade back until July 30th to be able to get that $32.5 million in cap space as opposed to the $27.8 million. So what is the difference between that? Well, realistically, that's the difference between giving D'Angelo Russell the 25% max and giving a guy like Kemba Walker or Kawhi Leonard the 30% max. So that that is really a big implication of this trade is that by completing it on July 30th as opposed to July 6th and being able to use that draft pick uh, as outgoing salary, that will actually have a massive impact on the Los Angeles Lakers cap situation. And given the amount of compensation that New Orleans received I got to believe that that was part of the deal that hey we if, if we're going to do this and give you these pick swaps and the picks we're going to make sure that we're completing this trade on July 30th to maximize our amount of cap space and I have to believe that Anthony Davis is going to waive that trade kicker also uh, with him uh, with the organization uh, definitely telling him, hey, that extra $4 million is the difference uh, between us getting a, a 25 and a 30% max player. So we're going to need you to waive that. We'll get we'll get back to the Lakers in a second here. So here, here we go. And once again, uh, Anthony Davis this year making $27.1 million and has a player option next year, which we believe he's obviously going to opt out of uh, because he's looking for a big-time new deal. Okay. Here we go to the Pelicans. So the Pelicans, Lonzo Ball this year making $8.7 million, and he's got an $11 million team option next year. Brandon Ingram making $7.2 million this year, $9.2 million qualifying offer next year, uh, and he will be extension eligible next year as well. Josh Hart this year making $1.9 million. Again, remember he was a low 20s pick. And $3.4 million team option next year. And obviously, we talked about the three first uh, three first rounders and the pick swaps. So, the Pelicans' cap situation is pretty good, all things considered. So they have twelve players under contract, and we'll go through them right now: uh, Drew Holiday, Solomon Hill, Lonzo Ball, Etwan Moore, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Jaleel Okafor, Christian Wood, Frank Jackson. Uh, Ken, sorry, Kynrick Williams and Darius Bertans. And then they also have Julius Randle, who has yet to decide on his player option of just over $9 million. But we got to believe that he's going to opt out of that and be looking for more money. So the way the Pelicans are working here is they've got basically they can clear about $19 million in space, which also counts the salary of incoming first overall pick Zion Williamson. 
And like the Lakers, the New Orleans Pelicans can also benefit by waiting to complete this trade. So if they were to wait to complete this trade on July 30th, they would be able to increase their cap space from 15 million if the trade were to go down on July 6th, all the way up to 19 million if the trade were to be completed on July 30th. And the way, the reason July 30th is that date, okay, well, the reason July 6th is that date is because that is the end of the moratorium period where from between July 1st, well, it's actually June 30th at 6 p.m. now, but from June 30th to 6 p.m., all the way up until July 5th, they are just verbal deals and technically could change their mind. And all the contracts actually are eligible to be signed on July 6th. The reason July 30th is kind of a hard date is because draft picks can't be traded until 30 days after they have been signed. So because draft picks can't be signed until July 1st, the 30-day clock would be ticking uh, as to when you can trade those draft picks. And that's why July 30th, you know, kind of is that date. So there's a little bit of logistics going on here, and it is quite complicated. I had to do a lot of research to try and figure out why this is the case. But essentially, this is how it works for the Lakers. The Lakers have to sign this draft pick uh, as uh, as soon as they can on July 1st, and then be able, after they sign the draft pick, be able to go out and get a max free agent and then complete the trade afterwards, which would then allow them to get that $32.5 million in room, which is just enough for a 79-year max guy, uh, which it would be in the realm of a guy like Clay Thompson, uh, Kemba Walker, Kawhi Leonard, um, Jimmy Butler, etc. So obviously the Lakers are in the market for a point guard, so we would have to think that that would probably lean towards um, Kemba Walker. But those are just some examples of other guys that could fall under that territory. But that, but that's basically the way it works. That's that's basically the way it works right now for the Los Angeles Lakers. But after that, assuming the Lakers give Kemba Walker the 30% max deal, that would basically put them right over the cap. And because the Lakers only have the room exception as of, uh, I believe it's June 30th, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which would basically function allow them to function as an under-the-cap team at the start of the new league year, which means they would only be gifted the room exception. That's all basically they have. They're only going to have the room exception, and then... After that, they are going to be down to minimums because they're, you know, they're functioning as an under-the-cap team. They only have the room exception. They won't necessarily have the biannual, if I'm not mistaken. And so they, they're, they're going to be down to minimums if they were to sign a 30% max player of the 79-year ilk. So that's going to be kind of tough for the Lakers to fill out that roster. I mean, let's, now let's, let's play this game here. So let's say they sign Kemba Walker. To a max deal. Then they're going to have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kemba Walker, Kyle Kuzma, and Mo Wagner. That's probably... Oh, and Isaac Bonga and Jamario Jones, right? Those those are the seven guys on your roster. After that, you're down to whoever's going to accept the room exception for $4.5 million this year. And then you're going to have to maybe convince some of these guys that you've signed to one-year deals. 
you know, KCP is not going to take the minimum. Rondo most likely is not taking the minimum. Mike Mascala, maybe he takes the minimum. We'll see, but I mean, I don't think he will. Lance Stevenson, probably not taking the minimum. Reggie Bullock, probably not taking the minimum. Tyson Chandler, uh, maybe he'd be a minimum guy. JaVale McGee, uh, maybe he'd be a minimum guy. Alex Caruso, uh, maybe, maybe. Jonathan Williams, probably you could bring him back. So, like, these are the types of players you would actually have to go out and get. Um... They also have a trade exception for Avicii Zubac of $1.5 million. So maybe that's something they can use as well to fit a player in there. But, I mean, the Lakers are going to have a tough time filling out this roster. And so the debate has kind of sprung, hey, should we go out and get a, you know, max guy and pay him $32 million? Or should we spread that out a little bit over a few different good players? So maybe you go out and get some shooting, which the Lakers clearly need on this roster. Maybe you go out and get a guy like Danny Green. Maybe you go out and get a guy like JJ Redick. Basically some of these lower usage guys that aren't going to be high maintenance that can just catch and shoot at a high rate and be able to facilitate a lot of what Davis and LeBron actually do. So maybe that's an option. Maybe you go out and bring back D'Angelo Russell and then use the rest uh, of that extra money that you save by going from a 32% max to a 25% max and go and get some shooting. So there's a lot of different options the Lakers can take here. But if they go out and just spend the whole $32.7 million on a max guy, i.e. Kemba Walker, your ability to actually put solid players around them in the ilk of shooting, in the ilk of solid defenders, is really going to be difficult for the Lakers. So they really have uh, some decisions to make regarding how exactly this is going to work for them in terms of what they can put around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So the New Orleans Pelicans, on the other hand, this team is in great shape. This team is in friggin' awesome shape. So let's look at their roster real quick. So their their starting lineup is probably going to be something around Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Jaleel Okafor at center. And again, with the $19 million in cap space, they have money to go out and get a bunch of centers on the market here. There's a few different options that they can uh, that they can go after. I'll just list... list list off some guys here that I think could possibly be options. So what about DeMarcus Cousins, Brooke Lopez, DeAndre Jordan, Willie Cauley-Stein, Jonas Valanciunas, you know, Enos Cantor, Thomas Bryant, you know, Hassan Whiteside, Rob, Robin Lopez, Ed Davis, JaVale McGee they could bring back. Uh, well, not bring back, I guess this is for the Pelicans. Uh, Aaron Baines, Dwayne Dedman, Ivica Zubac, Bobad Marjanovic. Like, there's some options out there that the Pelicans could go after to fill that center spot. And again, like this roster, not necessarily half bad. Again, starting lineup, most likely Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Jaleel Okafor as of right now, or any starting center they choose to go after. And then they've got backup Frank Jackson as point guard. They got a shooting guard. They got Josh Hart and Etuan Moore. Small forward, they got Solomon Hill. Uh, they still have Christian Wood. And again, with 19 million in space, if you want to go out and go, <coughs> excuse me, if you want to go out and get a center, or if you want to go out and get some wings, again, with 19 million in space, you have that option. They don't necessarily need to go out and try to find that max player like the Lakers do to try and, you know, kind of fill out the roster. 
So the Pelicans, they, they've got some, they, they got some options that they can go to here. So let's let's kind of wrap this up here because there's so many more things that necessarily could happen, and it's really all speculation until something actually does happen for both teams. So final points here. So we talked about the earliest this deal can take place is July 6th, and the most likely date for this deal to actually go through to the league office is July 30th, and we talked about exactly why that is. Mostly cast space implications for both teams. The Pelicans, I'm hearing via Wojnarowski, also are looking to trade that number four overall pick in this year's draft. So that might be a might be a way for them to kind of you know go out and get a good a big time center. They could go and get some more wings, or they could go out and package that number four pick with some bad money in Solomon Hill and try to get off some of that money for. Uh, for some more cap space and then be able to get maybe not as good of a player back but then open yourself up to more players in free agency that could be an option as well again a lot of ways that the pelicans can go here but they are looking to trade that number four overall pick so we'll see what happens there i found it quite interesting that kyle kuzma was such a valued asset in this trade it's it seems like that was the case throughout these talks he is on a very, very cheap deal, is Kyle Kuzma. I think uh, Kyle Kuzma this year making $1.9 million. So he they do have him under team control for quite a while here. And Kyle Kuzma is a very good player. Like, I really like what Kyle Kuzma brings to the table. Obviously, a great catch-and-shoot guy, uh, a guy that can put it on the floor, really a bucket getter there for the Lakers. I really liked his passing towards the end of the year. He had a couple 10 assist games and showed some really nice passing vision that I thought was, you know, quite good. Maybe he could be a guy that you put on second units and be able to hold second units there for the Lakers. We'll see how that goes. But just kind of found it interesting that Kyle Kuzma was the sticking point in these negotiations, given two number two overall picks, Brandon Ingram and uh, Lonzo Ball, were you know easily able to be shipped out. And meanwhile, a 27th overall pick in Kyle Kuzma was the sticking point. You, it's just kind of interesting to me anyway. Uh, both of these teams still need shooting, in my opinion. We understand that the Lakers roster is six players as of right now, uh, before that 32 million. Uh, in max space and the Pelicans obviously 12 or 11 or 12 players under contract here but again lots of shooting concerns Lonzo Ball not a shooter Drew Holiday actually shot a worse percentage than Lonzo Ball from three last year if you can believe it by slightly but it, it, that was the case Brandon Ingram ah, streaky shooter Zion Williamson un, very unproven shooter Josh Hart solid shooter Etwan Moore you know solid shooter but again that's pretty much all you have there and the spacing is not going to be great uh, right away for this Pelicans team, but big time defensive team. I mean, with the with the length of Ingram, the defensive uh, reputation of Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball, you know, Julio Okafor maybe not so much. Zion Williamson, we'll kind of see how that goes. But this team is going to be very good defensively. But again. Needs a lot of shooting, and same for the Lakers. Again, uh, Anthony Davis, obviously good, decent catch and shoot player. LeBron can shoot the ball, but those both of those guys are going to have the ball in their hands most likely. So Kyle Kuzma, Isaac Bonga, Mo Wagner, Jamario Jones, those are your shooters, quote unquote, right now. So obviously both teams need to fill out the roster with some more shooting, and we'll see how where they go for that. And I think that pretty much wraps it up. I mean. Clearly, the Lakers are all in right now. They've mortgaged the future out until 2025. That's a long ways away. Um, they've 
giving up unprotected picks, unprotected pick swaps, and it's uh, it's it's quite the haul here for the New Orleans Pelicans. I think they did very good in this trade, and you know the Lakers are taking a risk here. I mean this it, it's it's pretty easy to judge the, how the Pelicans did in this trade. They did very well. They have a lot of good stuff coming for a player that didn't want to be there anymore. And but in terms of the Lakers. It's tough to judge whether or not they actually won this trade. Well, first of all, both teams can win this trade. And I think we've already proven that the Pelicans did win this trade with their haul. But whether the Lakers are actually going to come out as a winner in this trade, to me, is to be determined because we just don't know. If they don't win a championship with LeBron and Anthony Davis on the roster and they're giving up all these obligations going out until 2025... I can't see a scenario in which that was worth it. Again, Davis has injury concerns. LeBron coming off the biggest injury of his career. Any one of those two guys go down and you're out of championship contention. It's just as simple as that. You're right out of championship contention. So it's going to be interesting to see how these how the season plays out. Are these guys going to be healthy? Everything needs to kind of break right for the Lakers to actually stay healthy, be able to sign the right guys for the minimum, get the necessary shooting, etc. And if they if that if they actually get that, they're a championship contender and they could win a championship next year. Like this coming season, they could win a championship. They could win a championship the year after if Anthony Davis chooses to sign long term, which is another factor you throw into the into the equation. If Anthony Davis decides he doesn't want to be uh, in a Los Angeles Lakers uniform come free agency in 2020, well, this was all just a terrible trade. This is a terrible trade if you can't keep Anthony Davis. Like, let's let's just call it, let's call a spade a spade here. So, to make this worth it, the Lakers need to win a championship and Anthony Davis needs to sign a long-term contract with the Los Angeles Lakers and they also need to make use of their room exception and the minimums going forward and be able to make use of that $32.5 million in space properly for this to be worth it for the Los Angeles Lakers. So there's a lot of ifs still for the Lakers to actually reap the rewards of this trade. But they can get there. They can make this trade worth it for them. They clearly are all in. They To have two players of the caliber of LeBron and Anthony Davis is no... no nothing to scoff at. Those are two incredible, incredible talents... And can carry your team a long way, no matter, you know, kind of who the rest of the players are. So, we'll see how this goes for the Lakers. Still a lot to be decided. The Pelicans seem to have gotten a good haul here. They're going to have an exciting team. I mean, those lobs from Lonzo to Zion Williamson are going to be quite exciting. Uh, I think we all know that at this point. Uh, they're going to be a crazy good league pass team. And they've got a little bit of cap space to be able to work with as well going forward. So great haul here for the New Orleans Pelicans. And kind of to be seen, uh, <laughs> undetermined, uh, not available, whatever you want to call it for the Los Angeles Lakers as we are, are yet to decide exactly how they did in this trade until we can see what happens going forward. So thanks for listening, everybody, to this Anthony Davis Kind of emergency trade pod, although I recorded it the next morning. I get that. But we'll see how this goes for agency right around the corner. Drafts right around the corner. You can expect more content coming from me then. And, uh, yeah, stick around, and we hope to hear from you soon. Till then.